was an event 10 years in the making. Two Jeepers brought together by a single podcast. And it would create a lifelong obsession with beaver nuggets and bad cigars. Yeah, geez, Mark, the Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park brought to you by Nexon Tires returns for another Mark, trip. Not again. The Jeep Talk Show takes over Hidden Falls June 4th and 5th. Come meet your favorite Jeep Talk Show hosts. See the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and enjoy some amazing off-road terrain. Did we mention you can get some free stickers, too? Oh, yeah, and I suppose you're going to say, you know, while you're in there. The second annual Jeep Talk Show Meet the Hosts event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park in Marble Falls, Texas, June 4th and 5th. Yeah, I'll be there. Brought to you by the Nexon Tires Rodian MTX Mud Terrain Tires. Now, yeah, give me some of those. For more information, go to JeepTalkShow.com or follow the show on Facebook. That's where you guys have been hiding. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All right, so uh, we're going to try this again. I'm going to unmute the Zoom people for this uh, for the the opening. Let's see how bad a decision this will be. <laughs> we're going to I want to have it here for the uh, for the opening of the show. You guys feel free to uh, join in. So as you know, my wife was recently ill with appendicitis. Uh, it was a relief finding out after a couple of weeks uh, what was wrong. You always fear the worst, and it's times like this you realize we take people in our lives for granted. Well, we here at the Jeep Talk Show has been have been uh, taking a company for granted, Nexon Tire USA. Nexon has uh, been a close, supportive ally of the show for years. They believe in the show like you. I love my Nexon Rodian MTXs and have no doubt that I'll buy another set. In fact, the BFGs ATs on my wife's 2003 TJ are, uh, TJs are looking worn, and they likely will be uh, Nexon Rodian MTX tires when the next time comes around. Nexon Tire. I trust them with my family. You can go check them out at NexonTireUSA.com. Uh, it's Nexon Tire, not tires. Uh, you know, there's there's some sort of a camping site for NexonTires.com. I don't I don't know what it is, but uh, it, it ain't NexonTireUSA.com. So, and this is something you guys can chime in on if you like. We are introducing interviews and question and answer to the roundtable. Uh, don't get don't panic i'm not talking about interviewing you guys <laughs> i'm talking about uh having uh, guests on uh we did this once before you guys remember when we had the the guy from the uh the uh, uh nonprofit that was talking to us about electric cars and the power grid and charging the electric cars absolutely absolutely we got a lot of uh, good feedback on that and i think you guys really enjoyed that th- those of you that were here for that episode it was good info yeah, it was. So um, because we have so many interviews uh, for the the new Thursday uh, interview episodes, uh, then there's so many of them queued up. Uh, we're going to try to get uh, other guests on to do a question and answers. And some of them will be those people that you've already heard uh, doing interviews. So uh, our guest on episode 608, that's the May 17th episode, will be Allison. And I think it's uh, Parliament, P-A-R-L-I-A-M-E-N-T. So it's Parliament. Anyway, this is the creator of the Jeep ducking. How many how many guys love the Jeep ducks? Oh yeah, I think we've all done it. <laughs> Even if you don't want to admit it. That's right. 
So she's going to be on, and uh, is that next week? Is that May 17th? Is that next week? I think it may be. Let's see. It is. Yep. So it'll be next week's roundtable. We'll do a a quick little uh, uh, intro uh, conversation with her, and then we'll open it up to you guys. So if you've always had questions about Jeep ducking, how it came about, or... Uh, you know, uh, what's going on in that world? Why is it uh, so popular? I mean, anything you can think of, you'll have an opportunity to opportunity to ask Allison about that next week. So mentioning it uh, ahead of time, of course, for those of you that are listeners and haven't joined the Zoom room, and uh, this will be a great time for you to do that. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, on uh, the following week on May 24th, episode 612, we will welcome Charlene Bauer of Ladies Off-Road Network. Guys, if you're trying to get your uh, your significant other uh, involved in off-road, this might be the great uh, Zoom meeting for your wife to attend or maybe uh, be there in the background while uh, while you attend. Be cool. So some of you may know that the Jeep Talk Show has a team of advisors, volunteers, to help make the show better. Currently, they are working hard on the off-road event we have coming up in June. I was saddened that we were not going to be able to afford to fly Josh down for this event uh, this year. Many of you uh, are paid subscribers, and I thank you for that. But if you would really like to help fly Josh down for the Texas event, we have added a Buy Josh a Plane ticket to the Cheap Talk Show store. It's 50 bucks, uh, but if you want to give more, you can just increase the quantity. Uh, Bob, uh, two cheap Jeep guys, what do you think about having four episodes a week? Well, I have two things about that. One, I still have three other days of the week I have to fill with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really only on one day a week. I mean, I'm feeling a little left out on that one. All right, are you, new to the, are you new to the Roundtable, perhaps new to the Jeep Talk Show? Well, welcome. The Roundtable is listeners like you that connect with us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and password. Everyone is invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share. To get the meeting invite information, subscribe to our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. We now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress, although it be quiet. <laughs> Please keep in mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Greetings, guys. Greetings. Oh, hola. Oh, almost. Uh, hello. So uh, as you guys, uh, I'm sure, remember, and there may be uh, some new people here, if you wouldn't mind, please say your name and general location uh, before and the first time you're uh, you're answering a question or making a comment. Where's Steve? Where's Steve the with the blue Jeep? The blue Jeep guy. Steve's not with us tonight. No, this is Larry from St. Louis. He said he wouldn't be able to make it tonight. Aw, too busy uh, staring out his office window looking at his uh, Jeep. But you can't blame him. He's looking at his Jeep all day. <laughs> I just got to wonder how much that affects his job whenever somebody just walks up to the Jeep and is kind of looking at it, maybe admiring it. It's like everything stops. And, you know, you're like a, a dog pointing towards a prey. <laughs> Am I running out? Am I going to do something? You know. <laughs> Brainstorming. All right. So this is, I think this is going to be a long shot of a question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, and if you don't know, if you haven't already seen these questions, you'll see them in the newsletter, which is another reason to subscribe to the newsletter if you, uh, you, if you aren't already subscribed. And if you're subscribed and not reading it, well, uh, that's not, that, there's only so much I can do. <laughs> so, have, have you ever lived in your Jeep? 
You can call it overlanding if you want to. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. I think you're about to jump in there. No, no this is Chris from Detroit. I, I have not. I've not even spent a night in my Jeep. Oh, really? uh, and I have done some overlanding. I just, I don't fit in it. And I think a, a good you cheap ground tent, which I have, serves me well. But I've never, never lived in it. This is uh, John from Central Texas. I've camped in a, a time or two trying to sleep crossways and make the mistake of not being level on the ground when I went to bed. So you just kind of end up at the end of the Jeep kind of rolling in and uh, wasn't a pleasant experience. I, I think if it's set up right, it, it would be. I know that they've got, like I think it was on the, a recent episode about the, uh, the goose down or whatever it's called, the goose gear, where you put the sleeping platform in the back and got the storage units and stuff like that. I think if I had something like that, that would be a lot different. But just factory, it's not very comfortable. Uh, Dan Greck uh, had uh, stayed his his Jeep JKU all around Africa, and that just amazes me because uh, Dan actually, I think he's probably a good six three, six four, and I just can't imagine sleeping in a, a Jeep because even a, a JKU is uh, is short compared to uh, somebody laying horizontal in it. Well, he, he had the Ursa Minor rooftop tent, so he was actually able to use the entire the entire length of the top. Oh, okay. And they're going over the front seats, and I had a chance to, to see his Jeep at Jeep Fest a few years ago, and that that's manageable, but that's a, quite an investment to do what he did with that top. But the the whole top popped up into a bed. I don't know. I guess living in a Jeep might be a uh, an alternative to some of these uh, uh, housing costs these days. Now, this yeah. is... Oh, sorry. This is Tony from Michigan. I've never, say, considered living in my Jeep, but I know the first, like, two years I had my Jeep, I spent so much time between work and just going off-road that... I was probably in my Jeep more than I was ever in my house. So I guess you could consider that living in your oh, Jeep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Living at work for uh, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. It was Friday would hit, run up north, go hit the trails until Sunday night, head back home for work. I'm sure somebody's done it, but I can imagine. So, because some people out there have to drive quite a long ways for for their for their job, and I could actually understand having maybe uh, investing in a pop up tent and uh, staying there in the parking lot of uh, of the business as long as you were allowed to. So simply so you wouldn't have to make a hundred two hundred mile drive every day. I would say closest I've ever came. This is Larry from St. Louis. The sixteen eighteen hours to drive to an event just a wheel. So it's my usual wheeling trip, something like that. Are you complaining about coming to the uh, the event last year, uh, Larry? <laughs> not at all. That's not the longest trip I've taken. Oh, really? My goodness. How, how long was it for you to get from, uh, and, and where are you again? Well, you little show St. Louis. Yeah, well, how, and, and from St. Louis to Texas, how long a drive is that? It was uh, 16, 17 hours, somewhere in there. Wow, that's just amazing. I can't, I can't believe anybody comes to our events from out of state, but boy, we, we sure do appreciate it. I just appreciated uh, getting to uh, meet your dog. He likes getting around. I think it was eight. It was almost eighteen. When we drove out to uh, wheel with Tammy in Colorado. Well, Colorado, man, you got to go to Colorado at least once, right? Oh yeah. Didn't we have somebody from Michigan that drove all the way? Maybe it was an RV, right? Was that Willie Willie Wagons? Yeah. Down. I think he pulled it behind and stepped the RV. That was kind of 
cheating to Joey's or to Tony's pleasure. <laughs> well, yeah. that's that's kind of living. It's just not a not a uh, not a Jeep that you're living in. Uh, and you know, people have the connotation about living in your vehicle as being a negative connotation, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, I mentioned Dan Greck before; he was doing uh, the overland around Africa, and I'm sure there's uh, there's more than just uh, uh, that one individual that has uh, lived in their vehicle for several years. It just all depends how big you are and how big your vehicle is. I know for someone like me, I'm only like five foot seven on a good day, and uh, I can sleep in the back of my Renegade. Me and my wife are both tiny. We just we go on road trips. We don't even book hotels. Just sleep in the Renegade. Oh, it's going to be great being in a, an airplane because uh, you have plenty of room in those uh, tight little seats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, econo class or even like just basic. It's like first class for us. Just all the space. You can say I lost my wife once because we had first class tickets. I couldn't find her in the seat next to me. Exactly. <laughs> well, Dan, Dan Greck had a little bonus there to sleep in a Jeep, and he's, he was he was out in a country where everything wants to kill you. So as long as he was sleeping indoors, you have to worry about things coming up on him. Yeah, there was lots of those little those little things that uh, make me nervous about, especially you guys that are in bear country. Oh, man, I just I, it and it boggles my mind how they. Uh, uh, many of those places don't allow you to carry uh, uh, things that you can defend yourself. You know the ones that go pow uh, or pew. Uh, and uh, you ever seen Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in a long way though. Uh, not in a long time though. <laughs> All right. Well, it's anyway. Gone. Oh, sorry. No, go sorry, ahead. Sorry. You know, go ahead. Hey, no, I, I was just going to mention that uh, I've slept in the back of mine probably uh, no more than half a dozen times, um, and it. I mean, I I manage. Um, oh, I, I also have a tent, but uh, you're a tall dude. So. so let me ask you this: uh, if you're if you've been drinking and you just uh, sleep it off in your Jeep, do you, can you still get a DWI even though you're parked? You have to leave your keys outside. <laughs> yeah, if you're keeping the ignition, you can get a DWI. Don says that's cool. not while I was sleeping in my Jeep. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I had the back seat down. I was. Uh, I, I got a little mattress that uh, that fits back there. And, uh, I, I was uh, boat. Well, a couple of times I was I was at a lake and then uh, out at the beach. So, so it's yes. it seems like it's not that people don't like uh, people sleeping in their vehicles. I mean, I've seen some kind of stealth campers, uh, people camping in Walmart parking lots, and they got to be really careful about uh, uh, what they do and how how uh, how much uh, visibility they have uh, because uh, they may be asked to leave. Uh, does it, I mean, is it a, I, I guess I don't understand how people can live under uh, overpasses, but you can't have a vehicle that you sleep in in a Walmart parking lot that, you know, especially in an empty spot. So uh, if you're into like a lot of the folks that started RVing during the COVID pandemic, uh-huh. uh, Walmart and Cracker Barrel parking lots are actually very common places that RVers will stop overnight. Because in truck stops, you're hearing the trucks idling or going by all the time. It's not not a very easy way to get a good night's sleep. Um, but if you uh, like, I follow, watch a couple of the YouTube the YouTubers that do the RVing and everything, and they stay in Walmart a lot of time. You just got to call in and talk to the manager because not all of them will let you. Um, and a lot of times, they'll be calling and talk to the manager. They don't care. They'll just tell you, yeah, just you know, park at the very back or whatever it is. So because I'll see even around here, I see a lot of RVs just camped out in the Walmart parking lots. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but I, I just find it interesting that, 
that it's um, the police will bother you or the security will bother you. And I don't, I don't understand as long as you're not making a mess or pooping on the, the parking lot, what, what does it matter? I mean, I guess they're, they're concerned about drug activity. Hey, they're just, Tony. They're this just is- perverts there. They're just perverts, Tony, trying to, trying to catch a peek. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go ahead, Bob. Uh, this is Bob from Colorado. And uh, I have been doing this now for, I think I started in 2018. I bought my pickup and started camping out of it. Uh, Walmart, it depends on the, loca- the location where it is. Some cities don't allow any camping in private parking lots like Walmart's Cracker Barrel or something. Cities have passed ordinances against it. Uh, And then certain Walmarts had such issues with the homeless population moving into their parking lot and not leaving that they said no. And that's where maybe let the the manager know that you'll be there and they'll tell security, hey, this guy called in, he's all right. And some just don't care at all. And uh, John was talking about truck stops. The trick in truck stops, and I have never had a loves a pilot or a flying J say anything to me or anybody that I know of. Go to the automotive side, and there's always a back corner area that's kind of in line with those pumps usually. You can get back in the corner there. And they don't care, and you're on normally on the opposite side from the trucks, so you don't hear them near as bad. Um, but I'm getting ready to do eight nights out of my TJ this next week. So, and I'm six foot three, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, so it could get interesting. Are you oh, going to yeah. be at literally in the the TJ, or are you going to be uh, external no, tent? I'll be doing tent camping. Okay. And what I use are it's called Lightline Gear. It is their SUV tent that goes onto the back of the Jeep. It can be a standalone dome tent, or you can fasten it to the back of the Jeep and use the platform in the Jeep as a workspace, cooking, changing, keeping your stuff. So, no, I'll be using a, a tent that goes on the back of it. For the hey, Bob, um, I just got back from Moab, and I have that exact tent, the right line. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Oh, uh, thank God. What I, what I usually do <laughs> is I put, the, I put the dogs down in that, and me and my wife – leave the tailgate and the glass open because it goes into the tent yep. and uh, have have the uh, deep sleep for Jeep mattress in the back. And I'm 6'2", and she sleeps right beside me. The dogs stay down in the tent, and it is perfect. You can hang your yep. feet out as far as you want. makes no difference. It's awesome. I looked into that myself, that same tent, but the problem I've heard in areas like around where I'm at, where there's a heavy mosquito population, they tend to just seep in right where it attaches to the vehicle on pretty much any foot. So there's bungees that go around, and you've got to make sure that's tight. And if you're in a really heavy mosquito area, and there's nothing you need out of your Jeep or vehicle, stand it up as a dome tent during that time of year, because it does seal up completely. It's got a bathtub floor. Uh, it's pretty heavy duty. I'd still put down a drop cloth, uh, tarp or something, a drop cloth. Uh, but it does seal up. 
and it, it is nice. I've used it many times. We got it to go on the back of one of the trailers that I built, and but it works well. I've used it in uh, Moab. I've used it in Arizona. I've used it here in Colorado. And I was a little nervous the first time I used it out in Moab for the scorpions, because scorpions will find their way into every nook and cranny. And I was afraid they'd find the nook and cranny that was in my sleeping bag. I'm never going outside oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could seal those up. So like Bob saying, you yeah. could seal them up really well. It's all about how you tuck the material in and how you wrap it around your bumpers and, and tighten it up. It really is. But I yep. mean, I've had no issues. We had that, some wind. Uh, As Bob knows, we've had some really good winds lately. And we were out in Moab uh, last weekend and we got some of that wind and we were perfectly fine. Didn't get a bunch of sand in there. It was perfectly sealed up. Had Like I said, the tailgate was open. The glass was open. Dogs were fine. Everything was sealed up. No issues. Yeah, the main, the main reason I wanted one was just they blow the rooftop tents out of the water with the simple fact you don't have to take them down every time you leave camp. It's just that is just that's the worst thing in the world. I can't imagine anybody having to deal with that. And no weight uh, on the top of your Jeep. Exactly. That's like 130 pounds. That's too much. So one question I had, CB, you, you run 37s, right? Yes, sir. So you're, do you, are you running the hinge where it reinforced hinge or are you running like a Smitty? Yeah, I've got the, uh, I've got the uh, Smitty built uh, XRC2 bumper with the hinge that is all one piece. But mine is, so do you swing that out? So it's outside? No, it's, it's actually attached. It's actually attached to the tailgate. So it's actually inside the tent which is actually even nicer because I can just seal all the way around the tire and don't have to worry about all those little bends and folds around the carrier. So everything's inside. That was what I was nice. concerned with. But once I opened up the, the rear gate with that big 37 on there, that you'd have clearance issues or whatever. With that getting it I haven't had one. It, it gets a little tricky, though, as far as trying to seal that one side of it. But uh, we found a way to do it with the way those straps are on the right line. There's so many of them, and they're really super adjustable that you can actually make it work even with the 37s. I don't think I'd go above that. Uh, when you're, if you try to put a 40 and put it around a 40, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, but I, but the 37 had no issues with it at all. It just takes a little bit of tucking and stuff. Uh, if you do have, I mean, sometimes you'll get air gaps on the sides, but if you stick some towels in there, those air gaps are gone. So what if you say you had like a 60-inch high lift jack mounted to your, <laughs> your, your, your uh, Well, funny you should say that because I had my <laughs> high lift mounted vertically on the back because that Smitty built has that attachment piece. Yeah, that didn't work out so well with the tent because it it first time I tried to open it with the tent attached, it ripped a gash in it. So uh, I would highly recommend not doing that um, i actually relocated the uh the high lift to the front bumper i'm feeling triggered <laughs> now to get, get back to the, uh, emotional damage yeah. <laughs> get back to the the stealth camping thing though um this might help you guys out a little bit too me and my wife and a lot of our friends that do like stealth camping stuff like that on road trips we use a website called uh, freecampsites.net 
and it'll actually tell you like what parking lots, what rest stops, where the best places to go on your road trip are. I figured there had to be an to app or something and, that you could use for this. Yeah, it's the it's basically the where all the big stealth campers go to figure out where they can actually stay legally. And this is but what like, I should have said instead of sleeping in your Jeep, with it, which has a negative connotation of being homeless. I should have said, are you a stealth camper? <laughs> and now it sounds nice and elite. <laughs> so, so if you uh, if you don't mind a subscription, it's not an expensive one, like $100 a year or something like that. Something, there's one called Harvest Oak, similar to that. Um, but what they have is a bunch of breweries and wineries that are all over the country and like golf courses and stuff like that that are everywhere that allow what they call boondocking which is still camping in a, in a nutshell it's basically no hookups no nothing but they let you kind of pull up and, and camp um but it's got them all over like thousands of places you can go yeah very very cool oh you know something just came to mind i guess it's i've thought about this before uh, if things got really bad or uh, maybe you lost your job and there was just no way for you to, to feed yourself, I always thought about, uh, you know, get uh, get a, a, a nice, like tw- maybe a twenty two rifle so you could do some hunting to uh, kill game and eat it. Uh, and that in that same train of thought, uh, as far as uh, camping uh, or, or stealth camping, if you had a Jeep, uh, I know you shouldn't wheel alone, but if you had a Jeep, couldn't you just drive off into the woods? And, uh, and and camp literally where nobody would see you. As bad as that my, sounds, that's always been a back pocket plan. <laughs> you <laughs> might not want to do that in downtown. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, uh, do it, don't do it in Central Park in New York. Yeah, it hey, might be an issue Tony, there. Uh, you're talking about dispersed camping, and I, it's my dispersed camping. I like that. That sounds that sounds 21st century. <laughs> that's that's a way to go in Moab. I know that we stay north of town, um, out by the sand dunes, and there's so many dispersed camping sites, you won't even hear anybody. And it could be in the middle of EJS, and there's nobody around. It's that's where it's like a campsite every like two miles, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, actually, well, not, there's not a few nec- spots in Michigan. Yeah, there's a nec- few. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Chris knows. There's a few spots in Michigan where you can just escape from everybody and it's perfectly fine to just camp out there no water no power no hookup nothing you know i'm thinking of drummond mm-hmm. island uh chris uh does drummond island have uh open camping like that oh absolutely there's there's a ton of ton of dispersed camping on drummond island there's a couple organized campgrounds but uh yeah drummond island you could just go go find a spot and that's where it can even get a little crowded like a campground where you get at least you could at least hear the other group not too far away, which in some ways isn't a bad thing. But, uh, yeah, Drummond Island's good for uh, dispersed camping. Yeah, if you can hear the screams in the night, it could be uh, – <laughs> wonder if it's a bear attack or somebody having fun. <laughs> Depends what they're screaming. I know. <laughs> All right, well, actually, that question worked out a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. I was going to, like, I figured some people were going to say, how dare you? I have a job. I don't have to live in my Jeep. <laughs> oh. So this is kind of maybe a one that's a little more difficult, maybe hard for me to explain. Did you modify your Jeep for the looks or performance that you learned by experience? In other words, before you put the big tires on it, did you go off road with the stock tires and go, you know, I, I don't, this isn't giving me enough grip. I need a little more height because I, I'm, I'm high centering on the diff. 
uh, and uh, I need to put bigger tires on it. What do I need to do before I put bigger tires? I got to do a lift. Or did you just go, screw this. I just want this thing looking badass, so I'm going to badass it before I do go off-road. Uh, yeah. The CB Jeep in Colorado, uh, both. Uh, I got the ra- uh, red accents all the way around, so, uh, Tony, I know you'll love that. Um <laughs> But uh, I did both, but I did a little research. But for what we do here in Colorado and Utah, having the uh, the lift, the bigger tires, re-gearing, uh, the diff plates, uh, the armor underneath, all that stuff comes into play. I mean, because it really does make a difference uh, when you're off-roading. But the looks, I mean, why not? Some of the stuff is there for looks. I mean, you don't have to get red shackles. No, you I mean, do. I did. No, you do. <laughs> no, you don't. I think it starts with books. Well, for me, it did. And then some of it is necessity. Like, I kind of busted a rear diff cover, like peeled it open and had leaking fluid and everything. Wow. So then I got a diff skid. So, you know, there's there's some of it was born out of, uh, out of that kind of necessity, like going out. But... Most of it is looks, I, just to be honest. I mean, there's like, I think Chris was, or CB was saying, was, there's there's definitely some research involved because kind of like you know the wheeling you want to do and then you kind of look at what you need to go do that wheeling and then try to pre-plan to get ahead of it. Um, but, you know, I'd be lying if I said, you know, every single mod I did was because I went and tried something and I needed to improve it. A lot of it was just, I thought it looked badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is Andrew from West Texas, and I purely did mine to make it look badass, and it just happened to be really capable for what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I get what you're saying, though. I mean, that's a, they always tell you that when you first get a Jeep, you know, the very first thing you should do is take it out stock, wheel it, and kind of, you know, get to know kind of what it can do and, and where you, so that way your money spent for modding is spent intelligently. It's spent you know, most efficiently, I guess you could say. Right. Um, but one of the things I found was, you know, I wanted to go to 37s. I wanted to lift. Well, there's this domino effect. So you're like, well, I've got to do this with the axle. I've got to re-gear. I've got to do that. all the While you're re-gearing, you don't want to pay for labor twice, so you might as well do lockers, or you might as well do, you know, all these other things. And it kind of... While you're in there. Exactly, <laughs> while you're in there. So you, you may have started out with trying to fix a single problem that you found out on the trail, and then suddenly you've got you know, a whole bunch of stuff done that you have no experience whether it was <laughs> needed or not. Kind of thing. Yeah, well, you you may wind up with something that's point and shoot, and it's like, well, damn, damn, this is this is easy. Why does anybody have problems with this? But because you can do enough modifications where it is just literally point and shoot for most things. Mrs. Luton Lenny from Ohio. I think that uh, for most newer Jeepers, it's um, you get it for looks because unless you have some friends, you know that no places to go. You you don't really have a lot of places to go, at least here in Ohio, you know? Uh, so you, you either have to know somebody that has private property or, or have a club already and lined up, but you get it for looks at the beginning and then it evolves into what you need for on the trail. Well, and, and, um, it's uh, I, I guess even from when we were kids, we learned from our parents and we mimicked what, what, what our parents did. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to go by what you see other people doing. Uh, it's it's kind of built into us. So 
Uh, I, and I don't want to make this a negative connotation. You know, did you just get it for looks? Because it's your Jeep, and if you're doing it for looks, but you can also use it for off-road, it doesn't make it a bad thing. It's just, you know, um, I'm just, I was just kind of curious about, uh, is, is it just for looks? And then you go, oh, wow, I see what that does. <laughs> it looked damn good, but it also um, made it uh, easier. I'm not scraping now. I'm not, uh, you know, some, uh, some things that you benefited from. I think a lot of it is due to whether it's your first Jeep or your second or third Jeep. Because Absolutely. I think some of those, some of those, the first one, if you're building, you don't know. Some of it you're buying because it looks cool. Some of it you stumble into that it's functional. And if it's your second or third one, you, you're playing with a little more knowledge there. This is uh, Tony from Michigan again. I, uh, I know when I bought my Jeep, I bought it because I knew I wanted to basically relive the stories my dad always told me about him and his cj with my uncle and growing up my uncle always had this nice lifted xj it's red and uh so i knew when i got my cherokee stock i knew what it could do then and i wanted to kind of push it to the point because i knew i was going to lift it and then once i lifted it i wanted to see what it could do at that point and so it was it was almost like I wanted to see just as I progressed through my build, how far can it actually go? What's its actually max limits? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, and also, too, I mean, I think we probably all do have done this one time or another. Either uh, you driving by a mirrored building or uh, a lot of glass on a building. And you glance over there and you see your beautiful Jeep as it's uh, as it's moving along. Uh, things that you never see because you don't ever let anybody drive your Jeep. <laughs> and the other thing is when you park your Jeep, uh, turning around and looking at it as you're uh, going inside uh, wherever it is. So, Every single time. Yeah. So we, we really enjoy seeing our Jeeps and it's great to have your Jeep uh, someplace and have somebody checking it out and asking you questions about the build and what you did. And, uh, well, you know, it, it's, it's just fun. It's a, it's a vanity thing. So uh, building a, a Jeep up uh, for, for looks is certainly something people do. And, and it kind of goes back to the muscle car era where, where people, you know, you may have a, a really high-performance engine and uh, Hearst Quick Change rear end and a bunch of things that you made to it, but you know that the people that know about those things will see it and notice it. Now, looking at it in the window, it's also a little bit of parts. I think that's another question for the round table, right? Do you ever let anybody drive your Jeep? But, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can tell you that someone told me one time, if you uh, if you park your vehicle, you get out and you're walking away, you don't look back, you probably bought the wrong vehicle. Or it's, you know, it's not needing a I, I can tell you, I pretty often turn around and look. Well, that's the great thing about modifying your Jeep, too. It's It also, too, it's kind of, it kind of makes me sad when I make a, especially an expensive modification that nobody will ever see. <laughs> like a, a slip yoke eliminator, you know, can be quite expensive and quite mechanically challenging, and nobody's going to see it. It's just, just you and the Jeep are going to know. Oh, and your wife. Yeah, like the whole, uh, I did the Pro Rock 24 up front, and Jeep, Jeepers will know, but they'll come up to it. Because you, you look at someone else's Jeep totally different if you're a, if you're a Jeeper, right? So you don't exactly. go up and look at the big tires and the flashy stuff. You're like, well, look, those are adjustable control arms, and you've got the this actually but you notice that stuff but um that's the expensive stuff more often than not all right now this one potentially <laughs> can be good what is the worst 
illegal thing you've used your Jeep for, or we can just say your friend did it. Where's Bob? I know Bob is going to be uh, have a, a, a long list. <laughs> I have never broken a traffic law in my entire life. Oh, but traffic. Okay. Amen. Oh, damn. <laughs> my wife just looked at me from the couch. She goes, your pants are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You have a wife? I remember that story. That's right. That's right, Larry. There is no Wendy. My, lo- my wife, not the lovely co-host. Or Nikki G's lovely wife, Wendy. Not that my Wendy couldn't be the lovely co-host, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I'm fine with you starting with uh, anybody, starting with, uh, you know, uh, it's not me, but I have a friend that did blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so no illegal? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm my friends, but I still have uh, dealer plates on, on my Jeep from Ohio, even though I live in Pennsylvania because I can't get it registered in or safety inspected in Pennsylvania till I get a couple things fixed on it. But so I don't know if that qualifies for your question. Sure. I mean, it's illegal. It's not all that interesting, but it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's I, I got Ohio dealer plates on it, so it's not technically ine- illegal, but it's in that gray area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I, actually, I actually have one. I, uh, there's a place up here called the San Gabriel River area or whatever it is. And um, apparently I found out after, I didn't know it was legal at the time, but when the river dries up, which it happens every summer or whatever, it's just a giant rock garden, creek bed. It's kind of like the trails of Hidden Falls. Oh, wow. And that sounds went down, great. Went down there, was climbing over rocks, having a good old time, and you know, kind of went back home. And then about a week later, a buddy that of mine that had gone down there with me had gone back down there, and he actually got busted by the game warden. And so you can't go into the waterway. Now he did do more. He actually went into the water and kind of drove around. I think that maybe what they got him for. But uh, you're not allowed to drive in waterways apparently, even if they're all dried up. Yeah, in the state of Texas, it's frowned upon to drive in any waterway. Makes the water taste funny. What's so, the uh, link, link on the statute of limitations? Five years. Five years. That was twenty years. Oh, Depends on the crime. Yeah, is uh, it is it murder? <laughs> I, I better wait. Uh, I've speed it. That's about it. <laughs> so, you know, one, one of the things we used to do a long time ago with four-wheel drives when we were just youngsters or, or uh, technically adults was uh, rut people's yards. Uh, did, did you guys not ever rut anybody's yards, like your, your buddy or something, that you, you just drive your, your mud terrain four-wheel drive, usually a full-size pickup, uh, through the yard? <laughs> golf, golf course? A golf course, certainly. I mean, those yeah. those rat bastards—they deserve it. <laughs> sand traps are sand there. traps are awesome. <laughs> Unless you get stuck. So, not me, a friend, and it wasn't a Jeep. It was a '72 Nova, oh, and he just got done putting a stroked board 350. I don't even remember what he got it up to. 383, it might have been. Wow. But he was really proud of it. And it was the last day of school on his senior year. And they had poured fresh asphalt in the parking lot a few weeks before. And he backed up in front of the school and burned his tires down to the cords and left ruts in their brand new asphalt. Holy crap. Uh, He did. I do not know how much it cost, but he did learn how much it cost for them to have the company come out and fill those ruts and re- 
Did they give you a new set of tires? Uh, no, no. He actually knew what he was going to do because he threw a set of old tires on the uh, back of the car. Okay. I mean, so. this is Tony again. I've, uh, I mean, I've crossed like three or four cornfields to save some buddies that were doing some dumb stuff, but technically it was illegal, but I was just saving somebody else that was doing some more illegal stuff. Who in the world's having scrambled eggs this time of night? All of those scrambled eggs, Tony. <laughs> I heard somebody mixing up some scrambled eggs. <laughs> No, you heard me dumping my Indian food into a bowl. Ah, okay. I just, I could just uh, put some cheese in there with that scrambled eggs. Uh. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's go with this one. Uh, so, how many Jeeps have you owned, and which one was your favorite? I'm at two. I had a eighty CJ five, and then my, I guess it's technically my wife's. It's in her name, but I drive it on the weekends. So it's a 2012 JKU, and the CJ was my favorite. You just you don't still have it? No, I needed a truck more than I needed a Jeep, so I traded it for a pickup truck. Oh, that's gonna been tough. Yeah, I wish I had it back. This CJ Jeep, I had a uh, 89 Jeep Comanche sports truck, and now I've got a 2017 uh, JKU Rubicon. Um. That's a toss-up. I mean, I really like that, that truck and what it could do. But uh, the creature comforts and everything for the JKU and what it, its capabilities are, I'd probably be, probably be the one I have now. Very cool. So my, uh, this is Tom from Arizona. Uh, I've had, I or we have had eight, eight Jeeps, all the way back to a CJ5, a couple of YJs, two Grands, a Cherokee. JK and JL. We still currently have four. I think the one I missed the most and what I, I liked, liked the most at the time was my, my Cherokee. Grand After or? Several uh, hundred thousand miles. Grand Cherokee or a real Cherokee? I had both. I have I had a regular Cherokee XJ and no, the, then I have a no, ZJ the, and then. No, I mean the I one a, you missed the most. Was it a, a regular Grand? Yeah, or? the XJ. Yeah. The XJ. Yep, I can see that. But I still have the, the ZJ with the 5.9 in it, so I, I don't miss it yet. <laughs> this is tony from michigan again i uh i've got three jeeps well i've had three jeeps in my past and i honestly still have them i've got a 2000 jeep cherokee xj uh 2001 jeep cherokee xj and then i have a maybe some won't call it a jeep but my 2015 renegade trailhawk and you like it, right? I do. I do. Um, honestly, I'm hoping to win some Nixon tires to put on it, but uh, the tires on it are kind of crap. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's, you know, it's that, pretty that, nice. That would be interesting to see what a uh, a Renegade could do uh, with some uh, some nice off road tires. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take it right back to where. I took it last summer, got stuck when the four-wheel drive wasn't working properly. Like, all the off-road modes weren't allowed. Um, I'm going to see what the sand mode can do, and then I'm planning on putting better tires on it to see what bigger change, like, if that makes that much of a difference, which I'm sure it will. Are you going to go as big as John and go with 37s? <laughs> no, <laughs> they'll be, be cool. like, 
<laughs> barely thirty ones, probably. <laughs> Renegade on forties. That would be. That would yeah. be a study. Now we're talking. I, th- I think that might break the internet. <laughs> Can you put those on without a lift, or how much lift do you need for those? Just um, curious. I have no clue. <laughs> no I think, clue. What do they have? A two-inch lift now, uh, or maybe a one-inch lift that they they have for the Renegade now? I think they offer. Uh, inch, last I looked, they offered like an inch and a half lift. Okay. It's mostly just like pucks for the springs or spring spacers. But uh, I know the the Trailhawk has like a it's like a inch or like half inch lift from stock just because it's the Trailhawk. Oh, you got to pay for something there. I mean, you definitely want to be able to see the difference between a a regular Renegade and a Trailhawk when you're p- paying a price difference. Yeah, from what I've learned, though, the biggest difference is all just that the selectability from sand, mud, rock, and having four low lock. I mean, I don't mind the convenience, but I also kind of don't like somebody making decisions for me. I mean, that's kind of the fun of learning your machine. Yeah, that was my problem. Like, it, it has where you can hold the traction control button off, and it'll completely disable it. But that only goes up to 15 miles an hour. So if you're spinning your tires, it k- kicks right back in. Yeah. You're just wasted time. Because uh, FCA knows better. Yep. And then the throttle response. I don't even want to get into that. Fly <laughs> by wire. Yep. Poor. But my, uh, my 2017 Rubicon is the first Jeep I ever had. So before that, it was all square body Chevrolets. And, uh, one Ram Cummins. What, and what was the oldest uh, square body Chevrolet that you had? Uh, the old, oldest 80, year model? 84. I had an 84 K2500 with a 454. I had the SM465 with a manual clutch, with a steel clutch, not the hydraulic or whatever assist. Um, that was that was the one that I wish I still had. Like, yeah. I, I love that truck. But, yeah. um, back then, I thought that off-roading was hitting muddy roads oh yeah absolutely no i mean full-size truck like that it was it's a land yacht or a mud field type thing that you go through my 83 uh short wheelbase uh chevy with uh the i think i had a 305 i think it was a 305 in it it was really crap with the 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 engine and uh um so on and so forth but it was a great looking truck and so much fun i put a four inch lift and uh, 37 inch tires on it that was my my first entry into off-road and yeah did some did some mud stuff that that was a thing to do back then the funny part with the jeep now is i try to if i see mud i try to point the other way like that's that's the last thing i want to go through is mud it's like cleanup i mean that's really the thing i mean mud and uh, even wet grass is a lot of fun uh as long as you're not sliding off a cliff or off some rock sideways <laughs> but uh it, it mud is a lot of fun but man the cleanup I've had a guy sum it up pretty well for me, and that's uh, mud is 10 minutes of fun and 10 years of dirt in your eyes. It's like getting your girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know 10 minutes is not, not uh, reasonable. <laughs> you should have had uh, Chuck here to answer that question. <laughs> hey, he's always invited. He's got like 10 Jeeps now or something. Yeah, but nothing over the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say nothing over the age of sixteen, but nothing over the uh, under the age of like forty five. I think. 
which is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Those things are cool. Those old Jeeps are just really, really neat. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the I mean, call me soft, lack of AC. Maybe it's just my environment down here in southeast Texas. Lack of AC is just, uh, man, especially if you don't have any, you, all you have to do is roll the window down for, for cooling off and you're stuck in traffic. But one of these days you need to get him on here just so he can go through the history of that pre-war Willis he's got. Yeah, so that he was, was on here. We was on here one night, and he he broke that whole thing down. It was pretty. It was pretty slick. He he knows the history of that very very well. It was a slack grill or something. He called it. He said it was a forty-one slack grill or something. I had to chase it down. There's not too many of them out there. I'm really curious what he thinks about the new Mahindra rock source. I really like the Mahindras. Um, they're great little golf carts that golf carts that look like Jeeps. That that pretty much sums it up. I see. I've seen a couple of them lifted, looking pretty cool, but I end up seeing them stuck somewhere else. So well, they just don't quite live up to the name. It seems. Greg Henderson uh, has his highly modified. Got rid of the governor. It'll it'll do highway speeds. Uh, God, I can't remember if he's got thirty fives under or something. Uh, just a beautiful jeep i mean it's really cool the only thing i would do and of course greg has these skills would be change that uh, that front grill so it actually looks like a uh a willie's uh, jeep uh get that mahindra uh nose off of it so those those just like i'm going to say a lot of side by side for what you pay for those you're buying a really nice regular jeep oh yeah definitely well, actually, I think the Mahindras are, are relatively cheap, and I think they all come with diesels, which is really cool. Yeah, the, the Mahindra, I recall, runs in the twenty-ish range, depending on options. Which is which is still a lot of money, but it's not a. I mean, a, a JL a JL two door is thirty grand to start, right? Right. Starts out at about seventeen usually, and goes up yeah. from there. Um, but something I've seen people do is they take an old Willie's uh, flat fender body. And bolted onto the Mahindra. That's Go to the junkyard or somewhere. Wow. Find the, the flat Vintag's attached to the tub, isn't it? That's where the Vintag yep. is. Right, Bob? Yeah. It's yep. CJ. That's like that, uh, what Jeep did with the the FC 150, I think it was, where they they uh, took a, a TJ um, frame and drivetrain and everything and put the uh, the uh, FC150 on top of it and took it out to uh, this is a number of years ago took it out to uh, Moab and wheeled it. I think those those forward cab uh, Jeeps are just so cool looking. Um, and I'm not really a big 50s uh, 50s fan, but those things are just so unusual. I that would make, that would make make a really cool overland rig, an old FC to put your rooftop tent in the bed of it. Yep. I heard they're the weirdest thing to go over obstacles, though, because you're just your driver forward, obviously. Just first thing over is you. Well, you should be able to spot your damn self, so <laughs> you, you, you be the trail leader. Well, if you get an accident, the first thing to go through your mind is going to be that steering shaft. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing between you and that front end. That's true. You don't have, you are the crumple zone. Imagine the off-camber situations in one of those. I mean, you're you're looking at the edge. Oh, you, oh yeah. you, you go if you go over the side, John. You just bail out the front of it. So that that's your advantage there. <laughs> <laughs> Back when they used to have really cool concepts, 
that he's for Jeep Safari. I remember that one when the JKs first came out. They had the FC out there that year. I think they also had that that JK that was the hot rod modded one. It was a black and had like stacks sticking out the hood and everything else. It was really cool. Oh, that forward cab uh, uh, model that they had out there uh, was just so... I think it was kind of a a light blue, uh, and uh, it was a modern-looking forward cab design. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. That actually looks a little bigger than one of the F, like the FC one one fifties. Yeah, they were trying to get someone in to really fall in love with the electrics. That would be a pretty cool concept. Uh, all electric FC. Oh, and you could use oh, yeah. the bed for batteries, right? Absolutely. There you go. Storm right under the floor. Oh, I, I figured you had to put it actually in the bed to have enough batteries to move that thing around for fifty miles. Oh, you oh, would. The, you would. You'd have a very shallow bed. You'd have a yeah, shallow bed. Yeah, it'd be like a foot deep. You know, <laughs> we're we're back to the days of when I was a kid and I got a flashlight that had a couple of D-sized batteries on it, and they might last me uh, two hours. And now we're doing it with with vehicles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll change. It'll get better, but it ain't better now. I've been seeing more Teslas uh, since I'm uh, back at the office two days a week. I've been seeing more Teslas on the road. Uh, uh, driving back and forth to work, so uh, it, it's just—it still was, would make me nervous. I guess you get used to anything, but it still make me nervous knowing that I'm running on the battery. It's kind of like your alternator's gone bad. How how far are you going to make it before the the lights go out and the and the vehicle stops running? <laughs> They're everywhere around here, in Austin area. Oh, of course. I always thought Tesla should put like a five horse Tecumseh motor in the trunk. Just to get you to the gas station, just in case. They could, put, in, they could put in an extra battery, uh, an emergency battery, or like a second tank option. But, of course, everybody would just run that one dry, too, before they went and charged it. <laughs> yeah, I talked to a te- uh, someone I know has a Tesla Model S, the big one, and made a great analogy I didn't think of. He said, it's like the Tesla is like driving a big V8 muscle car. Lots of power, lots of torque, lots of fun. Everybody thinks it's cool. You step on the gas and your fuel mileage, your range effectively goes down real, real quick. Yeah. But if you baby it and you putt around, you might be okay. And that's how he equated it. I thought it was an interesting analogy to driving it. It's like you really got to just kind of putter around with it if you want to get anywhere, any distance, unless you can afford to use up the charge and have fun with it. So, John, uh, that 454 that you had, was that a 7 or 8 mile per gallon vehicle? Um, probably in the five or six range. I mean, I don't know. The way I drove it, I, I loved hearing it. So my, I was a, a dumbass teenager. So I did the uh, break out the hacksaw and just cut the exhaust off because right behind the headers. Yeah. And I had a rough out hole in the floorboard, so all the exhaust fumes just filled the cab. <laughs> but it sounded awesome. I mean, it it sounded like it was a race car. Um, it wasn't slow as. <laughs> it was the slowest thing you ever seen put on the road, but it sounded great. Remember, remember the old Hemi's, the old four forties. You know, the tack will go one way and the gas gauge will go the other at about the same pace. <laughs> so, you know, technology just came a long way in all of it, and that'll that'll catch you up. It just whether or not you're willing to invest in it now. But I had a uh, I had a two thousand four twenty five hundred HP as well. And it had the 8.1 liter in it. Mm. The biggest motor nice engine. a vehicle. 
that was at like seven or eight miles a gallon. It was, it was funny because it was, it felt like it was a light year jump forward in technology, but still had the same problems I had when I had that 84. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a hole in the floor where the exhaust was coming up, but, you know, still had the, the inability to pass a gas station. Allison Tranny with the PTO takeoff? Yep. Oh, they're one of the original Allison's or whatever, with the older. Yep. Go on the side. Yeah. Had all of that. Had it on 37, too. There um, you go. Yeah, you can spend a lot of money on vehicles. You know, it kind of surprises me with Jay Leno, all of the Jay Leno's money. I don't see big-ass vehicles. What's that uh, that Ford thing that kind of looks like a, a a tractor, the tractor part of a tractor trailer? Uh, it's it's huge. It's got side tanks and like a 3500 or a 350 or a 550 or something. You guys know what I'm talking about? In the bed? No, it's a uh, it's a pickup truck, but the 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 cab of it looks kind of it's, it's shaped a lot like a an eighteen wheeler. And it, it's something that he has five fifty. Is it a five? Oh, I don't talk about. Yeah, the, GM made one too called the Kodak Kodiak. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it basically used supposed to be used to tow like heavy fifth wheels around or whatever. It is a Ford six fifty. So you guys can look that up. Uh, I have absolutely no use for it, but I would love to have one. I've seen a couple of them uh, driving around here over the years, and it, it is very reminiscent of a, uh, a, a tractor from, uh, you know, an 18-wheeler, basically. And uh, it just, I'm looking at one that has uh, three doors or six doors. Uh, it just, just massive, massive truck. It's got side tanks, and they're, they're used for steps, just like you would use for an 18-wheeler. If I ever get a lot of money, you'll see you'll you guys will see me bringing the uh, the Jeep on a trailer behind one of these things. That one will see the XJ up there at Hidden Falls. Yeah, it should. <laughs> if I that sounds a lot like uh, one of those. We see them a lot. At least I do around here. They're used for uh, railroad construction crews. It's like an old ODB Ford F five fifty or something, but it'll have like eight doors on it to fit a whole crew to roll down the railroad tracks so i, I think i could put a uh put a sticker there uh like like it like they do with the rubicons on the jeeps uh and I, if i had this and lifted and uh you know like 47s or whatever the hell is on this thing and if you guys are in discord i posted up a couple of pictures um i would put on their small penis i would own that to just to drive <laughs> around drive one of these things around because they are awesome <laughs> <laughs> I think that red one's a Peterbilt. <laughs> oh, you're right. It is, but it looks yeah. a lot like the Ford uh, F650. I like that yeah. one. I'd take that right. one. Really? Peterbilt and small penis? It, it, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> looks an awful lot like the Ford. Right? You know yeah, what? It does. It, I think they might have just put that Peterbilt. I was going to say. I think that it does say that it's a Ford F six fifty, but they've got Peterbilt on the front of it. I'm telling you, it looks a lot like a an eighteen wheeler, the the tractor uh, of an eighteen wheeler. Mm-hmm. That looks like a really cool like a uh, prom limo thing, <laughs> like the six doors. <laughs> oh my god, that guy, that red one that I put in uh, Discord, and and I'm sorry for the the listeners are going Discord. I'm not seeing Discord. How am I going to see Discord? Well, you should be here in the Zoom room. And you should be on Discord, and you can find out about how to do both those things at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Join us. We have a lot of fun on the Discord channel, sometimes too much. Oh, look, there's a Kodiak somebody posted on Discord just now. 
least I think that is either that or a sidekick. I can't remember what GMC called it, the GMC version. Yeah, I think that is a Kodiak. That the one I posted is from uh, the movie Transformers. It's yes, yeah, Iron, Ironhide. Ironhide, that's right. I you think know, GM sponsored that. You know, this would be the perfect vehicle to camp in in a Walmart parking lot. Tell me, <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> stealth camping, just not very stealthy. Not stealthy. You know, that's the best kind of that's the best kind of camping. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's the show. We appreciate you being here. And uh, we have this uh, every week, every uh, Tuesday. We record every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, let's love you guys uh, showing up here every week, week after week, answering these uh, craptastic questions. And, John, I know that you have uh, gave us a list of questions, and I was so busy today, I just didn't have time to go and look it up. So I just quickly came up with a, a series of uh, questions. And people are saying, well, that explains why they the questions the, were what they were. But we're going to fix that by bringing guests on here. <laughs> and it won't be up to me to come up with the uh, come up with the questions. So I hope you guys are excited about the having the guests here. Really, more about the uh, the question and answer, being able to interact uh, with folks. And I suspect we're going to have some uh, some pretty big names on here that uh, people that you would uh, really like uh, talking to, like uh, Allison about the uh, the ducking of the Jeep craze. And of course, uh, it's it's always great to hear from Charlene, and because uh, she does more than just ladies off road network. She's been in the uh, the off road industry for a lot of years, and I think you'll learn some things that you uh, probably had never uh, heard of before or thought of by uh, her being on here. And like I say, that's just, uh, that's, we're just scratching the surface. Is that right, Chris? We're, uh, we're just, that's just a, a couple of the folks that we're going to be having on soon. Absolutely. Chris is uh, reaching out to here. I'm sorry. We need to get Bender in here. Oh yeah. That'd be good. The moto built. Yeah. The moto built. Yeah. I've given them plenty of money over the last six months or whatever. That's uh, I mean, he, let's catch you. <laughs> the entry fee all right well you guys join us uh, again next week uh, 8 p.m tuesday just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and uh, you can look there and see how to join and uh, uh next week uh, we'll have allison from the uh, the ducking cra- craze that the person that actually came up with it did you guys know that allison is getting a 4xe from jeep because of the ducking yeah it was on the last yeah. episode <laughs> Good answer. I'm glad somebody's keeping up with it. Uh, yeah, somebody, I think it was happened today. I think uh, Steve was uh, was complaining about. Uh, Steve was actually complaining about uh, getting behind because he can't keep up with all the episodes. Are you guys doing okay with four episodes a week? Definitely, absolutely. Yeah. I could use one Tuesday more episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's my fifth episode? Damn it! Trail Tech Tuesday. Telling you. <laughs> so what is Jeep going to? give you guys for the uh, toe tag that's the question uh, <laughs> a cease and desist <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys have you guys have a great week see you. podcasting since 2010